sacred rituals, and a cosmic community to enchant your mystical life. This podcast feels like soulful conversations by the fire and under the desert stars. As if you are hanging with your best friends, talking about purpose, the cosmos, and the divine journey we are all on. My name is Anna Alic, and this is the Topanga Moon Podcast. Hello, welcome back to the Topanga Moon Podcast. If you're new, Welcome to this spiritual community, this desert-loving, moon-loving, beautiful, intentional space. So happy you're here. So happy you're checking out this episode. It's such a good one. I am just feeling all the high vibes right now. We had a full moon in Libra last night. My rising sign is Libra, and it was the super moon, full pink moon, the biggest moon of the year. Uh, I hosted, or I co-hosted, sorry, a beautiful moon party on Instagram Live last night with my friend Rachel. We've been doing them, and it's been so fun. She did a hypnosis. I did a moon spell. Um, If you're checking out the podcast today, the link will still be up on my Instagram account. So if you want to go and experience that and get your moon spell in in time, the energy of the moon is still strong, so you can definitely do that. I am so excited about today's episode. I'm going to go on the record and say it's probably one of my favorite conversations that I've had today. I've had a lot of amazing conversations, but this is this definitely um, is up there. And it's just because we dive into things that I love talking about. I interviewed Amanda Huggins. She's an anxiety coach, um, all around incredible life coach. And we were connected through a podcast uh, guest, Niaz. She connected me with Amanda because as she was talking about in her episode, if you want to check out her episode, it's a beautiful, beautiful conversation about her healing journey and her autoimmune and and everything that she's been going through. Um, But she worked with Amanda and she was just raving about her on the podcast and uh, outside of the podcast episode and connected us. And then I had a a chat with Amanda, I think this was like maybe two weeks ago. On the phone, she was driving back to her apartment, um, and she lives in California. So we were, it was just such an epic conversation. I think it was like an almost two hour conversation. And the whole time we're talking about like quantum physics, manifestation, um, getting into all the topics that I'm just obsessed with. And I know that people love on this podcast. And today it's like that conversation oh man, times a thousand. Uh, We get into manifestation in a way that I haven't talked about, I think, on this podcast before and just the embodiment of it. And and we just really dive into the topics of manifestation in in a larger sense. We hear her journey, um, her work as a coach, and uh, what you know, the topic of anxiety 
means to her and, and why she decided to use that kind of as like the the base point of her work. And we get into all of those things. Um, we also talk about like upper limits and identity structures. Um, our favorite spiritual teachers like Joe Dispenza and Abraham Hicks and all of their teachings. And it's a wild ride, guys. Like this is such a cool conversation. I really think it's going to expand your mind. And if you love these topics, especially uh, manifestation, rewiring and reprogramming your limiting beliefs and everything that you can do within yourself to bring you to that amazing, beautiful, incredible life that you've always been like dreaming of and, and wanting to cultivate. And even last night in our moon moon party, the theme was about wildest dreams. And really this whole conversation is about how to cultivate and create your wildest dreams. Like let's dream big. Like let's all get into a space where we're embodying the, the type of person we want to be and really co-create with the universe, really have fun in this lifetime and create all the beautiful, wonderful things that we want to create in this world. So I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation. Um, Amanda's incredible. I just like fell in love with her and her work immediately in our first conversation and then even more so in this conversation. If you feel inspired to work with her, if you're looking for a coach, um, take this as your sign to reach out to her. She's so amazing and she works with people in all different capacities in, in their life and I, I just really can't rave about her enough. I think she's amazing. If you wanted to reach out to me and talk to me about this episode, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at anna at topangamoon.com. Also, one thing before we get into this amazing episode, which we should just dive into right now, I did start a Patreon page for Topanga Moon, and this is something fun that I'm trying out, and I'm really excited because it really gives uh, the creators so much, um, so much. I mean, I guess creativity to really put out the work that they want. And I did it for the podcast and to expand the community. So if you want to check out my Patreon page, you can go to my topangamoon.com. Um, on the first page, you'll find a link to the Patreon and you can see the different tiers and, and the fun things that I'm going to be offering there. So I really hope you join that community. I'm so excited to expand this space and the Topanga Moon moon lovers <laughs> um, community even farther. And yeah, so I really hope you enjoy this episode today. It's such a special one. Um, yeah. So enjoy this cosmic conversation. I think that we're definitely in a time where, um, you know, the best quality ever of everything is not, it's not needed. Like people are like I'm, I'm even not as interested in people's like super polished magazine style Instagrams. Like I want to see people's real lives. I want to like see the process. I want people to like, you know, when you're, when someone's like super authentic, it yeah. just feels so much better. It's just like, I don't know. It's just. And it becomes like, I say this for a lot of my, um, coaching clients specific. Sorry. I, I like doodle on the side when I'm, I was call. wondering, I was like, are you coloring? <laughs> I, I actually, am. I do it because it's like, it's more for interviews. If I'm just like scribbling, it actually helps me to focus. Um, it's a tip I picked up from a psychic. Actually. 
This is a first. Please tell me. Why did the psychic tell you to do this? So I, I, this is a crazy woman and whatever. Her, she's like a whole separate story in herself. But when we were getting a reading, I just saw her like scribbling back and forth. And I was like, why do you do that? And she was like, do you like art? And I was like, yeah, I I sketch all the time. And she was like, you know how you go into like a thought vortex when you're sketching or painting or whatever. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And she was like, try that the next time you're having like a, as long as you don't like need to be like prim and proper, do that when you have conversations. And it's so helpful for me. Um, especially for like interviews and things. I don't know. It's one of those (laughs) weird things I've just picked up. Um, brilliant. (laughs) But on that note about like polish things, I I talked to a lot of my coaching clients about this because Mm -hmm. there's like a million things you could or should do before you actually start working with people. But here's the thing. Like if you wait until your website's done, then you're going to want to wait until you have like 30 Instagram posts. Then you're going to want to wait until your email you're never going to start. It's like, just start have yeah. enough where there, people can trust you. And then you can build on as you have momentum and confidence. Yeah. You know, so I could talk for hours about that, but I'll oh shut God. up. <laughs> I, I mean, thinking of it in a different context, thinking about the psychic, when a psychic has like a weirder, shittier website, I trust in them more. Right. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So you really like don't care. <laughs> exactly. You're legit. You're not trying to like market yourself as you age like so true. One of my girlfriends is working with the and we I'll shut up after this because I know we have to record. One of my girlfriends We're already uh, recording. We're already in it. So Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um one of my girlfriends, uh, she wound up finding this like breathwork coach kind of woman. She does like a bunch of different things, but she literally only does calls once a month because that's the only time that she goes into town to get access to Wi-Fi. She's fully cut. She lives in like the mountains in Colorado, like does not have contact with anyone. And of course it's like the most amazing experience because this woman is like such a clear channel, which I just love. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I have, um, this go-to psychic in Toronto and Mm -hmm. she has a landline. You, she doesn't have any other access. You legit have to call her and leave a voicemail like on her landline (laughs) and she'll call you back. And she goes by psychic Kim. Um, one day I will have psychic Kim on the podcast because I have to, because she's we're like wild. I love her already. Yeah. I love psychic Kim. <laughs> just, you go to her apartment and legit, like she has toys everywhere from her kids, like everything. <laughs> she just does not give a shit. Um, and she has like the old, like the super old school tarot deck. She makes you a tea and then like, I don't know, it's just the wildest experience. Um, and for a while, I think her phone line was down. So everyone was contacting me because I referred her and they're like, is Psychic Kim okay? Because we uh, can't get a hold of her. And I was like, I don't know. Can't talk to her. <laughs> Go check out her house. Like, I don't know. Is she okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend okay. talked to her recently. <laughs> so I know she's okay. But she like doesn't advertise. She's full. I think she's fully booked because like, you know, my friend tells me she's just, you know, it's all word of mouth. And 
she doesn't worry about it. And I mean, I feel like we're going to get into a lot of this in our discussion today, which I'm so excited to do. Um, And I mean, we're going to, I mean, I could talk to you for hours because we already had like a two hour (laughs) conversation. And you want to tell the podcast community that we just connected like a week ago, (laughs) which is pretty amazing. Um, I think that's the testament to how amazing the universe is and how you can still make friends in quarantine. So, the, you know, there's still so much possibilities in the world. <laughs> so, and it's just like, it's total kismet the way in which it worked. Yeah, yeah. Because, so Niaz was obviously the mutual connection between the yeah. two of us. Niaz was a former client of mine, um, now just like very dear friend, and I consider her a colleague or a peer. Um, but a friend first at this point, but I, even before she reached out to you, she was like, Hey, I'm just going to message a bunch of podcasts I love and see if I can be a guest. And I was like, go girl, that's a brilliant idea. Definitely do that. So like really you and I, our cord was connected for weeks before you even connected with me Oz, if you really want to go back. So I just like, you know, it's that like, super kitschy Steve Jobs quote, you can only connect the dots in hindsight, but it's always mm-hmm. so true, right? It's like, I, I two weeks ago, we didn't even know each other. And now we're like, yeah, of course we could talk about anything. Yeah, and yeah. I, it's like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna like <laughs> hang out either in my Joshua Tree home or wherever you land. Right. <laughs> For right now, New York, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, 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 New York is coming. Um, mm-hmm. Amazing. So let's definitely get into this. Um, I'm here with Amanda Huggins. Yes, is that how you say your last name? It is. Perfect. She's an anxiety coach. I'm so excited to introduce you to the Topanga Moon community. Um, I just totally fell in love with everything that you do through our just one conversation when you were driving up the coast and we talked for like two hours and we're totally aligned on everything. And I would love to hear your story kind of where it all began, your journey to this point, and kind of the, the pivotal moments along the way that brought you to what you're doing now and the career and like the life that you've cultivated for yourself. Sure. I mean, I will talk and then please interrupt me. Yes, because I will, <laughs> I will <you> <laughs> when, when you need me. <laughs> it's like your own story gets so boring after a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, like the, the bullet points then. Yeah. Yeah. So I am, I call myself an anxiety coach. Um, and obviously, you know, my Instagram account is anxiety to empowerment, which I think is probably a more fair encapsulation of the work that I do. Um, when I think about anxiety, I, you and I kind of talked about this in our separate discussion is I like, I like being an anxiety coach because one, everyone has anxiety, I think, uh, or has experienced it at one point in their lives, but especially right now with the pandemic happening, I mean, everyone is, is experiencing some semblance of it, but it's also, it's just physical. I mean, really when you break it down, anxiety is a physical sensation. And so I like that as a connective point for me and anyone that I talk to about this work, because my next question is like, okay, but what's under the surface? Is it fear, self-doubt, worry, uh, false narratives? And so that becomes this really beautiful process of not only unpacking, 
right? Where those stories came from, why we still believe them, all of the worth stuff that's wrapped up into it. Um, but it, it really, as that processing happens, it sets the stage for where do you now want to go? And that's what the empowerment piece is, where it's, you know, I, I say it's a mix of scientific, spiritual, and practical mm-hmm. because I love the woo. I live and breathe manifestation and spirituality. And at the same time, I'm a Virgo. So I want like skills and steps and blah, blah, blah. And, um, because that's what helped me in my journey, you know, mm-hmm. um, which I guess to answer the <laughs> beginning part of your question <laughs> was I spent, uh, I spent the first just under 10 years of my career in the startup space in New York and SF and LA. And, uh, I was really good at my job. Um, that's kind of what allowed me to move and like jump companies and open offices. And so from the outside, my life looks pretty cool. And, and I was fortunate in that I had a really great upbringing. My family was awesome. Um, so there was a big period of time where I couldn't figure out why I felt like shit all the time. Um, and there was a lot of minimization of my feelings because I was going very much into the oh, well, it's not that bad, or I have no reason to feel like this, or, you know, all of the the self-minimization stuff. And uh, all that that really did was give me space to what I thought was ignore, but really it was just pushing it down. All of those those lower frequency thoughts, and they wound up manifesting in in, uh, depression, obviously anxiety. I had um, a multitude of eating disorders over the course of, I want to say like five, six years. and they're all suppression tactics, right? Because those different points in time, I would say 2013 until maybe 16, because uh, I started coaching in 17 once the whole, that chunk was kind of healed, I would say. I was out of alignment, was really where the anxiety was coming from. I was, uh, I love things, right? Like, yeah, it, I had a fun life, but it yeah. wasn't fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um And so I'd get stressed and anxious. I would try to mask it with alcohol or, you know, Adderall or whatever it was at the time. Um, Relationships were a really good mask. And it kind of drove me into this hole until at one point I had reached a low in the middle of, I wish it was the end, but in the middle of a really rough breakup. Mm -hmm. And it was just one of those things where I, it was the straw that broke the camel's back for me where I was like, I actually can't live like this anymore. I was drinking like a bottle of wine at night. I was waking up and then taking Adderall to wake myself up out of it. And then I would do the same thing. And then I would go to work for like 18 hours. Wow. And it was so far out of alignment for me that I was like, oh, okay, we got to shift stuff quickly. Was there that like, kind of like, you know, on the floor, just total breakdown moment that was the big pivotal moment for you or was it a like a progression of different things that happened and then just the accumulation you know it's so interesting someone else a friend had asked me that and I want to say it's a mix of both like there's one or two standout nights that I remember really clearly um that were literally the, the <laughs> not so p- picturesque, like I'm sobbing on a floor. Um, I laugh about it now, but I lived in an, ap- an apartment with such thin windows that 
my neighbor must have been so worried about me. I was like dry heave crying. <laughs> I'm only laughing because it's just like, oh, you poor thing. You're going to be fine yeah. in hindsight. But really, I think it was a culmination of a bunch of little things. Um, my, I was super, super in a money hole. Um, wasn't really a spender. It was just a lot of like unfortunate events um, in a really bad relationship. Uh, unhappy with my job. And I was just like, if it's not now, when is this going to change? No one's going to rescue me out of this, right? Like I have great family and great friends, but they can't, they can't change anything. And they also don't even know half of the stuff going on. Yeah. So I sought help and I got my, um, hired one of my very first coaches and that sort of, it got my wheels turning in a different way. Um, I had already gone through two yoga teacher trainings. And so I was, I had enough awareness, right? Like, and I think that's where a lot of people land is I know what I need to do, but yeah. I still can't do it. There's yeah. like a sticking point. Uh, and that was where I found coaching really started to give me tools to then actually start to feel so much better. And why did you choose at that time or were led to coaching as opposed to some other kind of modalities, like maybe it would be like a retreat somewhere or a therapist or, you know, an ayahuasca ceremony. I don't know all the different yeah. things. Um, but in it, I've been talking to a lot of my friends and a lot of my friends are, are coaches as well. And it seems to be the place where they either land there in the end. And it really is the thing that transforms them the most. And, um, or they were just like led there. So I'm just so curious to know what it was for you. I would say it was more, I, it was definitely led there. Um, led there. And I was probably subconsciously co-creating with the universe. Mm. My whole life, you know, like. I just love that you said that. Because <laughs> like I, I, my whole life I knew I wanted to help people. Like yeah. when I was in college, I would like, I had a beauty blog. I had like a lifestyle blog, but like none, nothing ever felt right. I just was like, what, how can I like work with people? So I knew that it was something with humans for a really long time. Um, and actually, so the way that I wound up actually starting my coaching practice was I was in my yoga teacher training and basically um, there's all these different like modules that need to happen. Um, and so my teacher, Dan Ward had brought in this woman, Melanie Klein, and she was just teaching a module about like, uh, representation within the yoga space and how it's not just about skinny white blonde women on beaches doing yoga. And, you know, she, her organization, the yoga and body image coalition was so much about, um, visibility of all races, genders, mm -hmm. body types, abilities, disabilities, just everything. I bum rushed this woman. I was like, hi, I don't know how I can help you, but like, can I please be involved with you? And she was like, okay, sure. We need like a copywriter. Um, and that was probably six or seven years ago. And through the course of that one meeting, she, her and I, I wound up working with her on one of the books, one of the many books she's published. And when she became a coach, she just was like, you're working with me. And I had no clue really what I was getting into because I knew that she was a different kind of coach. Mm -hmm. And so I just said, yes. And thank God, because if I thought about it more, my 
subconscious fears around money and around my growth and what was possible, they would have kicked in and I would have backed out. But yeah. she was a tough little bitch. She was like, you're working with me and that's it. And <laughs> I mean, it literally was like all uphill from there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I love that. And then through that experience, that's when you discovered um, in a more finite way, like, oh, this is what I want to be doing, the coaching. It was actually clear within the first couple of discussions because as I, w- I was struggling to articulate to her <clears throat> what I needed, um, I, I wouldn't say that. I was struggling to articulate like what my journey had been more mm-hmm. than anything else. And I remember I was trying to write this email to her summarizing it. And I was like, no, no, no. this is what I want to do is be that person for the me of a couple years ago who was interested in spirituality and, you know, maybe cares about yoga or whatever, but also lives very much in the real world. And there's got to be like a bridge for for that type of person where it's like, we're not going to drop you from your corporate job immediately into an ayahuasca ceremony because you're going to be like, these people are crazy. And instead, let's work on like basic spirituality and opening you up while pairing that with like, tactical skills and awarenesses that are going to not only support your growth, but create quantum leaps in the growth that you want for yourself. Wow. I love that. I also think of, um, even throughout like my journey, even though for a while, like I started off in science and I did, I worked in a hospital, like such drastic, completely different things, you know? Um, I remember I worked in during SARS actually, um, Wow. I remember that whole time and it never feeling like it was as crazy as it is right now. And I think just because we didn't have a social media and, you know, all the things that magnify all the information. Um, and plus I was in the little hospital bubble, you know, I was, I was working like doing clerical stuff. And then I eventually moved up to the ER, but I, we were just in our own little world and it was just very different at that time. And I didn't think anything of it, you know, I was just like, okay, just suit up even more so now or whatever. Um, but even during those times, there was these, these like little like breadcrumbs always being like, no, what you really want to be doing is like being in the film world, being in, you know, and then the spiritual world kind of evolved from that as well. But it was like I was studying acting at the time and I was like, you know, I remember I would go off and uh, we would have these sleep breaks. I would work overnight in the ER and then we would have sleep breaks and I would bring my like my scenes into like on the stretchers and I would just be like studying my scenes. So even then it was like I had those moments. Do you think you had those moments growing up? I mean, you were talking about how you had the beauty blog and you always had this like desire to help people but were there like those other pivotal moments that kind of was like oh this was all kind of in me I just didn't know how to categorize it or like what it really meant or like what it really looked like I mean I'm kind of giggling because this is under any other type of conversation context this would probably be really weird and embarrassing but like (laughs) okay (laughs) we I think I have a good sense for this audience is I swear to you I thought I was a witch from like ages 12 to 14 where I was literally reading books on witches and spells and there was a point where I was like okay I'm going to high school like let's knock this off Amanda um 
And I like think back at that now and I'm like, that was so cute. You were having this call to like, I mean, really, because whether you call it uh, spirituality, witchcraft, Wicca, I mean, there's a million terms for the same thing, which is just working with energy. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing that I know to be true is energy is in everything and we have more power to shift it than we realize. And I think that's what's been so interesting in this journey is because a lot of my work and the, the inner work that it took to be able to help other people, it starts with the cognitive, like the understanding and more of the tools, but yeah. then it really, really starts to bleed or melt, I should say, really beautifully into just this broader understanding of what energy is, you know, money is an energy. Relationships are obviously an enormous exchange of energy, uh, as is any interpersonal type of relationship, romantic aside. Um, and then you start using energy as the context for how you relate to everything. And it's like, wow, I now have awarenesses about the leaks in my system where I'm, I'm uh, maybe shorthanding myself because I'm allowing too much of my stuff to go to someone or something else or to go to fear. Mm-hmm. And you also realize that your goals, and I'm using air quotes, goals, right? It's intentions. That's energy too. And so when we start to shift our thoughts to what's, I say, possible and positive rather than negative and not going to happen, when we start to shift, we realize that things actually can start to happen much quicker because the intention and focus for energy has now changed. And that's, to me, that sticking point where I think I had little proof points mm-hmm. throughout my evolution of that and once I had like the bigger crack in like, I guess the spiritual awakening, I was like, oh, this is beyond real. And why doesn't everyone know this? How do we get this information into everyone's hands? Because this is literally how we start to co-create with each other and with the universe and actually feel happy instead of feeling anxious and feeling like we're not doing enough. Uh, I could go on for hours. So I'm just going to cut myself off right there. (laughs) I love that. Um, and like we ourselves are energy, you know, mm-hmm. we like we're energetic beings, ourselves are energy. We are, what is it? 99% energy and then the 1% matter. But we just, we're in this, this 3D realm where we're very dense and it is about the matter. And I, I really do believe that we're shifting into kind of like an evolution, a, a, a higher dimension that is going to allow. And that's why I think we are in this big like awakening moment where people are mm-hmm. recognizing that, um, like you were saying, it's just a happier life. It's like you're more in flow, like things become more magical once you start to recognize that things are like there's sing- like there's signs and there's synchronicities happening all the time. And when you're open to it and when you're actually like allowing it to come into your field of view the world just becomes just this like magical playground that you're like oh what else like I can actually shift things I can create things that I love and and that I want to you know yeah with my life um was gonna say I I do want to like get into this topic about And I think this does get into the whole idea of manifestation. And I love this. You did this Instagram post about identity structures. 
and how they connect to manifestation. Because I think we're now in the manifestation realm of conversations. Yes, I really want to hear this from you because when I like, because I was doing my research on you and (laughs) when I found that, I was like, oh, this is a game changer. So please explain. (laughs) Yeah, so, well, let me ask you this. Okay. Not, Not to like turn the tables back on you, but what about the identity structure thing piqued your interest because yeah, I'm just going to ask you that first so that I can, I can answer in the most clear way. Um, I think it's because I have such a clear understanding and knowing of it, but I struggle with implementing it. Mm. And that's what, and I know it's, it is such a huge part of the manifestation and it's like an embodiment of it. Because I'm such a thinker, my mind is always going. I feel like I, I spend so much time in the mind. Yeah. And the the embodiment feels like a body knowing. Yep. And I, I don't know how to get into that. I love that the way that you said that. And I know that people listening won't be able to see you, but you just did this like beautiful in my yeah. body motion. In my body. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, that's helpful. I just want to make sure I can like speak to that clearly. Yeah. So basically, um, the, the post that you're referring to about identity structure is when we're manifesting something and I want to be clear, like when we manifest quote unquote something, I think our mind immediately goes to either money or a thing or an apartment or a lot of people want to manifest a specific person. Um, and that's absolutely all well and good. And I think manifesting can even uh, broaden a little bit to the full spectrum of what your life will look like when you have that apartment or that person or the job or whatever. Um, And so in order to manifest anything, you have to believe that it's true or you have to believe that it's possible for you. And so our identity structures are often unintentionally blocking us. So to put this into context, and I'll I'll use myself um, as the example, is there was a period even when I, I mean, I I knew I was going to become a coach. I had my course material and I had a really solid idea of what I wanted to do and how I wanted to work. Um, And I was so afraid. I was so afraid because I couldn't, I shouldn't say I couldn't, I wasn't in that moment visualizing myself as a coach yet. And when I tried, it felt very difficult because I I had all of these doubts inside of me and, you know, could I do it? What if I ran out of things to say? What if I couldn't help someone? Um, all of these like nonsense fears. So in that moment, I was living in the identity structure of present day at that point in time. So 2016 or 17, Amanda. And that was a person who still had one foot in the door of an old job and who was Mm -hmm. still like, her schedule is loaded with yoga classes. And so it, I, I was so fixated on the now that I, I couldn't really get to where I wanted to go. So the work in shifting that identity structure from me of right now to me of the future is to, number one, and this is more on the cognitive side, call out your blocks. I'm a big fan of writing them down because we already know what we, you know what you know, you know what you don't know. But when all of those like fear thoughts are just in our head, they stay there. Mm. It's a lot harder 
to ignore when we write our fears down and look at them Mm -hmm. and then decide if they're true or not. Right. So when I started to like put those fear thoughts of where are you going to get clients from? Um, Are you any good? All of those like nonsense things. I was like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in this if I wasn't called to this. Do I know how it's going to work yet? No, but let's at least start to clear some of the fear. Yeah. And then to, to get to your point about embodiment, I think that's the trickiest part. And it's the concept of be her now. Mm. And to me, this was so radical. And I, I remember this vividly. I was sitting across the uh, dinner table from Melanie, my uh, mentor, and she, she just looked me dead in the eye and she was like, Amanda, be that coach now, be her now. And my first response is, but I don't have the clients. I don't have the website yet. I don't have, and she was like, that has nothing to do with how you show up. That has nothing to do with the frequency of your body. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with the quality of your thoughts. Clients or not, are you that person? And that changed everything for me. I was like, if I was the me of six months from now, what would the quality of my thoughts be? How would I be carrying myself? What choices would I be making? And so that becomes um, a fun kind of pretend where you're not lying to yourself because you're tracking towards who you're becoming. Mm-hmm. You're just starting a little earlier. And that's manifestation, right? Is we get into the frequency of what we want so that it can meet us rather than being in a state of want or need, which yeah. the universe doesn't know good or bad or yes or no. It knows the focus of energy. So if you're like, this thing isn't happening, I'm afraid. Yeah, that's all that's going to come meet you there is not getting what you want. Mm-hmm. It can feel like faking it. And the alternative that I offer people, because I understand that, and I still come up against that when I set a, uh, an intention for myself. Instead of fake it till you make it, think about it as faith it till you make it. Mm. It's like an energetic investment in future you. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Beyonce does it all the time. That's her Sasha Fierce. You ever see her in, a, in an interview? She's, she's demure. She's shy. She doesn't give a lot of information. That's yeah. her, her core personality. But when she's on stage, she's sexy and charismatic and beautiful. Not that she's not those things always, but it's a different yeah. tone. Now, is she lying or faking? No. She's channeling a different version of herself. Mm. Right? And so we can all do that little Sasha Fierce thing for our future version of ourselves. Who is that girl or that guy? Yeah. That non-binary human. Start being them right now. Yeah. You lose nothing. Yeah. I mean, I love this because this is so the, the work that for whatever reason I'm drawn to the most. And, um, it makes sense to me because I've been reading so much of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and, and he's all about this. I mean, his, his meditations, anchor you into always embodying that future you, even if it's within that meditation, you know, and then his, his whole thing is like, try to maintain that throughout your day. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the, the work that's the, like showing up every single day being like, okay, now today I'm going to last a little bit longer embodying this like future me, you know? And, uh, I just, yeah, I just think it's such like just the work that I don't know why, but I'm like, it feels the most right to me. I don't know how to describe it. (laughs) Totally. And you just said the most important word, which is feels. That's, that's the other piece that allows us to go from 
cognitively knowing that something is possible to believing it. It's the feeling that we generate. Yeah. Humans, humans are the only species on the planet that can choose consciously our thoughts and our feelings. Right? And how beautiful is that? Think about nostalgia. If I was like, okay, Anna, tell me about the best moment of your life or the funniest thing that happened to you. As you talk to me, you would probably start giggling or laughing or, you know, at least smiling because you're unconsciously bringing those feelings back into the body. So we know that we can think about a sad day, right? We do that. We probably do that more than we need to. So -hmm. if we can do that for things that have already happened, we can use that energy, that feeling creation for the life that we want. Mm -hmm. I always say you can use a starter log. Right? If, if you know that you're going to feel abundant, free, joyful, excited, in love, you know, five years from now or six months from now, you know, those are the feelings, you know, that that's what you want because you've experienced it before. So yeah. think about the before, bring those feelings into the body and then shift the meditative thoughts to what that looks like applied to this new context. Mm. So yeah. we can like kind of short circuit. I don't want to say short circuit, but it's, I find it's like a nice little, uh, positive cheat to our energy system to help us get into the feeling first. Yeah. And, um, do you follow the work of Abraham Hicks? Oh, love that B. I love her so much. (laughs) I just like leave her the YouTube videos on all the time. Puts me in a good feeling state, but the way that she describes it, I feel like is very simple in turn and, and very similar to, to Joe's work, but they're just describing it in different ways. But she always says that like, if you're focusing on the feeling, don't focus on like, you know, trying to make something that doesn't feel good, feel good. Mm -hmm. Find the things that are already feeling good and focus on that. And that's what I've been trying to, because I never, I like would always listen to that, but then I never implemented it. And for example, like I have a great belief system in terms of my health, which Mm -hmm. I'm very lucky and I'm very grateful that when I was growing up, something just clicked and I just, that my baseline is, and it's like, it's so funny because I'm, I know that I can now transfer that into my money story, my love story, all those things, um, because I'm doing it already with Mm -hmm. my health and I don't even think about my health. That's the thing. I don't even, even like, and even right now uh, with all this fear happening, it's not even affecting me in that same way. And I, I don't mean to like downplay anybody's feelings towards it because I know that everyone's experiencing it in different ways, but because I have such a strong, firm belief system of my health, and I know how to even shift it back if I get a little on the worry. Yeah. Um, I don't even think about it. It's not even a thought. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that can be applied in the same way with like money and love. I absolutely, absolutely. And what's so interesting because your point of ease is health. Yeah. Um, my point of ease was always career. I have a couple of clients who for them, it's love. For others, it's money. Um, and, and regardless of what category someone falls into, the ease in that specific category can be reduced down to one thing, which is built-in trust. 
Mm. right? You, you never had anything that ripped your trust away from, from that like really connected thing, right? Like you've just yeah. always been healthy. So you trust that you always will be. That's, yeah. that's built in. I, I always, and this is not like a bragging point. This is just, I, I always got promotions or I always got whatever. Yeah. So career itself, you know, I might not have been happy in any of my jobs before this, but I was never worried. Yeah. Usually when we're in a place of doubt or lack, um, whether it's money or relationships, which tend to be the two most common things that I see, it's because either something happened to us or around us. And I want to edit that language immediately. Something happened for us in the moment we feel like it's to us. Um, or it was environmental, right? Money and lack is always interesting because you look at, um, you know, there's that phrase like the rich get richer. But why is that, right? It's because they were born, if we're talking like a super 1% person, right? Like a, let's, let's take like a Kylie Jenner or a Kim Kardashian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even, even like 15, 20 years ago when they weren't the, the mega billionaires that they are, they were still very wealthy. And so their mindset was never going to drop below the point of wealth that they knew to be true. It was never going to. Yeah. It's passive, but when you don't have that deficit thought process happening, nothing drains from you so you can actually focus more on expansion. So in order to basically plug up that hole in other realms, right, whether it's money or work, mm-hmm. you first understand where are the places in which we don't trust that it's possible for us. Mm. Because the truth is, if you're even a little bit dropped into yourself or this work, there's a part of you on a soul level that knows that you are so capable of every drop of love in this world. You are so deserving of any amount of money that you deem necessary for yourself. It's empirically true. Our belief or that trust is what's going to take away from that possibility for growth. So we've got to first look at where are these stories coming from? That in itself is a process. Yeah. And how do you start to then, once you uncover let's say you have your list and you uncovered where they all stemmed from, what they all are. You have like this now map of all of the different places where you picked it up. How do you start to shift yourself and allow your, your body and your mind and and everything to start to actually believe? Mm, That's a really good question. So it'll obviously look a little bit different depending on, you know, these categories that I kind of just jokingly, but they are still real categories just broke out. Yeah. Any career, uh, health, uh, health is probably going to be the one that's most difficult, but if we're looking more specifically at love and money, right, let's take love as the first example. So it's like, okay, cool. I've done the cleanup work of my stories and I'm working on forgiveness of others, forgiveness of self. And I'm starting to feel at least on the mend or healing. I never, I never want to put fully healed on anyone because I think you can build great things as you're healing too. Yeah. But there's a part of you that's still going to be in that frequency of belief that that's that past relationship is the new um, baseline, right? And so we've got to bring ourselves far above that baseline. Mm. How do you do that? It's with action, right? Because not only does action change something in the world around you, it changes your frequency. Okay. So for example, 
Uh, actually, do you want me to like talk about frequency really quickly or no? Yeah, yeah. Talk about frequency. Okay. So <laughs> I just love it all. <laughs> I, I like nerd out on this. Um, I love so, it. Right. Everything carries a frequency because frequency is, um, uh, well, let, let's call it this everything carries vibration. Uh, and that vibration is mega- measured in megahertz. We measure sound waves in megahertz. Uh, we can also measure emotions. We can measure uh, solid objects. Fun little fact that I always love is rose oil is one of the highest vibrational objects that we've ever measured. And love is one of the highest vibrational emotions that we can experience. So how cute is it that a rose is the physical manifestation of I love you and it is at least somewhat on par with that frequency of love. So I always love that as a little side note, but, yeah. um, you know, we, our, our personal vibration oscillates uh, based on a million factors, but if we're generally feeling a little bit ho-hum, we've got to do something that starts to lift our vibration. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a sliding scale. You can look it up online. Um, Dr. Hawkins is the one who uh, created it. But let's say we're in a state of just like 500 megahertz, which is like median. That's generally the average of what we're we're vibrating at. But we want to get to a state of joy. There are things in our environment that will allow us to lift our joy, right? So putting on music and dancing around, so you're shaking energy out of the body. Um, You know, talking to a good friend, exchanging uh, compassionate words. All of those things are like small tactical things to lift your, your physical vibration, but we've also got to do it specifically within the realm of the, the thing, of the category. So if it's love, right. we've got to start taking inspired action, right? Meaning it's not, I'm going on a million dating apps because I, I feel like I'm missing out on my person because that's lack energy, right? It's like, I'm going to lose. That person's not here. I'm freaking out. Inspired action actually starts with appreciation. You see a couple holding hands, sending out a good thought. That's so amazing. I love that. I can't wait to have that. Or actually what's more powerful is I'm so grateful that I have that. Mm-hmm. Even though it hasn't happened to mirror the positive affirmative energy in that moment. Because you're Another, in, in the present. Yeah. And so you can start to incorporate some of those practices, but also, oh, there's some saying that I'm totally forgetting, but basically like doing the same thing over and over again is going to get you the same results. Yeah. So you've got to like talk to someone, right? If it's, and I don't mean this in like a, a pushy big sister, like go talk to that guy way. I mean it more yeah. in the sense that what that's doing is actually momentum creation. Mm. I always use the analogy when I was growing up, we had an above ground circular pool, right? And so when my friends and I would swim in the pool, we'd like, we'd be like, let's make it a whirlpool. And we'd swim around the perimeter to create enough momentum right? A couple of swirls around so that the whirlpool would go on its own for a little while and we don't have to do the work and we can just enjoy the circular motion. That's the universe, mm-hmm. right? Is you, you put out the intention via inspired action to say, Hey, I'm ready for this. I'm open to this. So that once that door is open, not only is the universe going to continue to give you things that are at least in that right direction, your eyes are open to it. Mm right? Your person could walk by you 700 times, but if you're so focused on, am I worthy of love? You're not going to even see that as a possibility, right? Yeah. All of these like cool little nuggets in there. Um, 
that to the anxious year could sound like, oh shit, there's so much I have to do. Um, so if anyone listening is like, oh, I don't even know where to start. Don't worry about it. Literally don't worry about it. Just pretend, right? The, the act as if yeah, for a day, do your best for a day to act like you're going to meet your partner tomorrow and then do it again the next day and then do it again the next day. And in that practice, you'll unintentionally start plugging in a lot of these tools because you're in that love frequency. I love that. Yeah, it makes total sense. Um, I'm going to ask a question. Um, that's just, just going to be embarrassing for me, but, but we'll, you know, hopefully enlighten people. So I have this thing that I've been noticing where I will like, let's see, I like see an attractive guy on Instagram, but maybe they have like a huge following or like something that I immediately put them on this pedestal. Uh huh. And, and I have this, like, it's almost like a high school feeling of like, Ooh, I'm not cool enough. Mm-hmm. Or I, or I see girls. This is another thing. It's just so, so whatever, but I feel and like this a lot is of also human. Like everyone yeah. does this. Yeah. Where it's like, I see this couple and they have the kind of like dream life that mm-hmm. I would like, like there's this Australian couple that I follow and, um, oh, they Oh, they're just like beautiful <laughs> and they're vegan and they're like a winery and they lived in their camper van for two years together, like traveling all over Australia. And he's like this incredible cook and he's so kind to her and she like is gorgeous. And I'm just like, oh yeah, but like, that's only for her because she's so beautiful and she's all this. And I start to create these stories. Yeah, And I think that's what, um, you know, for maybe anyone listening that kind of has that same thing that they might be doing, like, what does that kind of mean? And how can we start to, as you were saying, start blessing people when we see them, because we know that we are also on that same vibration and and deserving of it as well. Uh, That is, first of all, I just want to acknowledge that your vulnerability in sharing that because I don't think that that's at all embarrassing. I think that's probably the most common, I don't want to say like relationship blocker or love blocker, but I think that it certainly makes it harder for women. And and this is not even about love. This is also about uh, career and money. What's possible in general is we picture perfect lives and we assume, well, that can't be me because X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You did a great job of calling out the awareness that a lot of that stuff is story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's the first exercise for everyone, right. Is to continue to recognize those stories and add to it, right. Add to it. Meaning it's not enough to just recognize where we're adding story. So for example, that can't be me or, um, you know, I'm, he's better than me or whatever the story is. Yeah. Because our human mind, it wants something to focus on. So if we just say, no, 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 don't do that. It's, our mind's going to go right back to that thought. It has nothing else to focus on. So we've got to come up with something more positive, truth-based, right? We're not lying to ourselves. Um, More positive, truth-based, and affirmative that will give ourselves something else to fixate on until it actually starts to drop into the body. So for example, um, 
if it's like, wow, that cute couple in the camper van, like that's never going to happen for me. An alternative thought. I, and again, this is the faith until you make it. Yeah. An alternative thought is just, I can't wait until that happens. I am so happy that I have access to that kind of love. Mm-hmm. And I would also say, especially since we're just talking about Instagram is to really be conscious of our internal projection onto another person or persons, right? Is I got to tell you, living in LA for a while, you meet a lot of Instagram couples and Instagram famous people. And um, (laughs) sometimes you don't want the life that that it looks like they're leading, you know? And and it doesn't matter if it's five followers or five million followers, um, your happiness is going to look very different than someone else's. But um, you mentioned something really interesting about like putting the guy on a pedestal. I am, I can speak to that quite well because I am a recovered, uh, put a man on a pedestaler. If there's a word for that, if I can make that an adjective. Um, it's good because I don't think a lot of people talk about it, but it is a, it's a major block. It's a huge block. I, yeah, I could go on for hours about this. What I will say is let's look at this first from like the most plain manifestation terms is when you are calling in something like we just talked about, it means that you are already on the vibrational frequency of that thing. Mm -hmm. So you're on equal playing field. When you put someone up on a pedestal, they're already a couple feet higher than you, right? So it becomes this um, imbalance of energy. And so if we feel like we're in uh, the inferior what happens if we feel inferior internally, we'll overcompensate externally, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're trying or we're, we want to prove or whatever. And even though it's, it feels like positive output, it's still coming from a place of lack. Yeah. And so this is one of those things that I wish there was like a magic pill that we could all just take that would just like bring us out of that. Yeah. But it really is this loving practice of, mm-hmm okay, he's just a person, right? And, and not in a, he's just a guy, but let's bring him back down because anytime we're putting someone on a pedestal, there's so much projection. I will speak from experience, man. Someone can be wonderful on paper. They can be wonderful 80% of the time, but if that 20% doesn't match your soul and you spent so much time projecting, longer term, oh my God, is that gonna hurt? That's gonna hurt way worse. So it's it's really a matter of seeing yourself first and then seeing that person equally from your eyes. Mm. I wish there was like a quick fix, but it's really just catching ourselves when we're putting that guy or that girl on the pedestal. Yeah, I found that, I mean, I learned the hard way and we talked (laughs) about this with my, my last relationship and you know, I was in, I was in Hawaii with, with my ex and the whole time uh, I felt myself and I knew that I was putting him on a pedestal. And this was the first time in our relationship that I was doing that because before that I always felt this equal vibration, but it wasn't until that point, And it was because of a lot of my money, uh, stories. And then that combination of, of feeling unworthy and just a huge recognition that I had all these stories still. I mean, relationships are our biggest mirrors and and we learn so much from them. And I could, I, as you were describing of like putting things onto them, like you think you're like 
overcompensating in the best way, but it, it comes across to the other person as lack. Yeah. The vibration. And it's, it's so funny because I, I, I've been having this type of discussion with a lot of very awakened women. And in many cases, their partner might not be awake at all, or maybe not quite at the same level of awareness, which is neither good nor bad, right? Because they're both really good learning opportunities for each other. Um, What I find interesting is when the uh, other partner isn't quite as awake, they don't have the words to articulate like, hey, you're overcompensating or hey, I'm feeling too much of your energy. So all they do is react. Yeah. Because that's what they know how to do. I was that person too. Um, And so this also becomes a conversation about energy management, Mm. right? Is to notice when we're dropping into a state that feels out of alignment from our true nature or uh, speaking specifically to women, like our divine feminine, Mm. because if we're really in our divine feminine or your higher self, that's all knowing, all loving, all trusting, you're exactly where you need to be. You're in full control. You have power, right? That is beautiful and spacious and Every single woman deserves to, and men, men have feminine energy, right? But we deserve to invoke that energy and take up that space. So what often happens, I I see this a lot in relationships. I've done this myself, is we start to engage with someone when we're feeling in that divine feminine, right? When we're feeling really powerful and then something always happens or seems to happen when we're not awake to it quite yet. Something happens that throws us off. Yeah. Our crown tips to the side a little bit. And from that tip, if we're not aware, that's where the outpouring of stories start to happen mm-hmm. and it can unintentionally start to deteriorate quality of the relationship. Oh yeah. You mentioned yeah. patterns, right? Love and money. That phrase as above, so below, or as my energy healer said to me, is like where shit's going wrong in one area of your life, same thing is going wrong in the other area. Yeah. And it's true. Because it's templated belief structures. Lack in money is lack. I'm not enough. I'm not worthy in relationships. Yeah. And even with with money, it's a relationship. I mean. So that's why it's like you feel lack in one area. And money is a relationship. And and like I was telling you before, um, I know that when I get to a point of feeling... um, worthy of my money that's when I think the relationship is going to flow through as well yeah yeah you know what I've been playing around with too is because yes love and money are both relationships and they're both energy but it's also creation right Mm -hmm. that that's that's all the energy of money is because it allows us options to either create more choice in our personal life or options to create more choice and structure for the work that we're showing up service-based work if that's your jam relationships are also an act of creation right and think about anything that's a creative endeavor like you have topanga moon for example Mm -hmm. you know what feels right you do it because it feels good and there's probably not a ton of questioning about like, ah, did I say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing? Yeah. It's more flow because it's, it's just rolling and it feels good. Right. And so money 
for a lot of people, myself included, you, you and I talked about the money story in our other call is like, yeah, it feels be, and this is, I won't get into the societal and environmental nonsense that's impacted our money stories, but yeah, we've lost the idea that we can use it as a creation force. And mm-hmm. not only that it's supportive of our growth, that money also wants to be with us. That's the other side of manifestation of a person or money is when you are thinking of what you want, it also wants you. The, that money wants to be in your pocket. That, that man of your dreams wants to be waking up in the mornings with you and cooking breakfast. But there's something in us, perhaps that's not quite letting that in or calling that in. Mm, yeah. And, and in some cases with the person, you might be fully open and ready. We're just waiting for the other person to wake up. Right. And, and then it's money's fine-tuning <laughs> as well. Right. But money though, most of the yeah. time it's not, it's not that the money doesn't want to be with you. It's that yeah. you're blocking it in some way. I love when like Abraham says like, it's all an escrow. It's all there. <laughs> your, your man is an escrow and your money's an escrow and everything's there. You just, it's just waiting for you to open the door. <laughs> I, I love her so much because Me too. she, what's so cool about her is she simplifies everything. Yeah. Right. And she simplifies it in a way where you're like, you first start listening to her and you're like, it can't be that easy. And then you realize, no, it is that easy. It's our ego that makes every single thing so much harder. Yes. So all the more reason to faith it till you make it right. Is if you can at least temporarily drop into that idea of ease, see what happens for a couple of days, then you at least know you can come back to, you can come back to it. Yeah. I love that. Um, and seeing on the topic of creation, yeah. and I feel like you might have experienced this maybe within this year, like expanding your business and you're expanding and you're creating. Can you talk to me about upper limits? Because I know that once you start to kind of like get into this flow of this manifestation process, and all of a sudden it's like you can reach this upper limit or like, and you're like, um, I was listening to, a, oh, I think it was Tony Robbins that was talking about this. The other day I was listening to something of him where it's like, he might work with, with a client or maybe what, maybe it was you. I'm not sure who it was, but <laughs> um, where it's like, you can only reach up to a million dollars because your mind has this upper limit that that's as high as you can go. And like, lo and behold, that's all you can make. So how can we start shifting above these upper limits and, and really just like play with the universe and creation. I, you know, you're asking such good questions and we're talking about things that like, I don't think people are talking about enough. So I just want to thank you because I think that's a really important question because an upper limit indicates that we've thought about a certain amount of our growth. And that's so amazing, right? Like, holy shit, I actually am getting to the place that I wanted to. Yeah. And when we recognize, like our soul recognizes I've hit a wall or I've hit the ceiling temporarily, we've got to ask ourselves, okay, cool. I got to take a magnifying glass to like the the shores of my mind right now and look at Mm. what are those smaller limiting beliefs now? Mm. Because even though they're small, they're actually going to be of larger impact if they're still here at this stage. So one, I think, is we've got to constantly be revisioning and re-envisioning, I should really say, you know, because often we create this idea of what we want and we start to do it and it's amazing. But when we created this idea, 
our mind was only, you know, 5% as, as rooted in what we're doing. So to make that clear, like, cause I feel like that sounds really vague is when I first started coaching, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I just want to like help people mm-hmm. where now I'm like, I'm not helping enough people. I want to work with as many amazing women as I possibly can. How do I, how do I see more people? Which becomes a different conversation because that means books and larger audiences. And then I'm sure there's something after that, right? So there's, you have this larger vision, you keep building, you keep building, but then, and this is a big piece of what I teach is there's a point where we have to suspend disbelief right? Disbelief. And I love that word suspend disbelief because it's not like forget about all of the potential fears for the rest of your life. It's no, we're going to momentarily just suspend it to see what happens in that creation process. You're basically putting your fear on hold to give the universe space to come in. Yeah. My favorite thing to do is just in meditation, show me what's next. Mm, Yes. Because how dare I plot out, and this is the Virgo in me, right? But to plot out every step of my career, I don't know. What I'm teaching now is wildly different than what I taught a year ago. How dare my ego step in and say, I know exactly where I'm going to be in five years. (laughs) Yeah. I know how I want to feel and I know the impact that I want to make, but I'll let the universe show me who I need to connect with or what that looks like, you know? And so this as with relationships and love and money and abolishing those stories. Trust is the undercurrent. Trust that you are so guided and that as long as we are following that guidance, we're going to be okay. Yeah. And the guidance can, in my experience, bring you to something if you truly allow it to, if you're not so rigid on the timelines of things or, you know, for me, it's always like the how, like I'm always yeah. you know, trying to figure out the how it could eat. It can bring you things in a faster way than you ever thought possible and in a more miraculous way and in a bigger way. Yep. And that's what, you know, you were saying in terms of like breaking these upper limits and not, um, not having that kind of container or cap on what you can create. Cause I really believe that we came to this universe to create, like we are creators and that's innately in us. Yeah. And the problems start to come in when we're not creating, when we're not (laughs) not dreaming and when we're not allowing ourselves to, to like, you know, see what's possible. I think that's when the stuff comes into like, you know. You also said a really important word, which was time. And I'm going to sound very tinfoil hatty to people who might be relatively new to this type of conversation, but for anyone beyond like the newness point, you know, time is not real. <laughs> like yeah. time, time literally, scientifically, we know this to be true because the further and further out you go into our galaxy, the space-time continuum, it compresses and expands, right? So a minute is not a minute outside of Earth. We need time, right? So that I know when you and I are meeting. Yeah. It doesn't mean as much as we think it does. And to be honest, the more we can release our grip on what timing looks like, not only are we going to be happier moment to moment, it allows us to be present. To your point, things often come in faster because you're not worried about it. Yeah. Because you're then on the frequency of joy. So it meets you where you're at, right? It's this like meta infinity loop that really just comes down to 
be happy and trust and it's actually going to work out. Yeah. Just like an oversimplification, but Abraham oversimplifies all the time and it works. So, <laughs> And it's like the, I mean, she talks about the laws of the universe in such a simple way and they are simple, but that doesn't mean that they're easy. Yeah. And I think that's the, the big thing that we, but we as humans can have, can have the decision and are able to um, even like, abolish that perception. You know what I mean? We can even create a reality where it all is easy. We can shift our perception and say, Hey, it's easy. I'm just going to manifest easily. Yeah. I mean, that is, that really is it. And I I think it's because everyone, myself included, we use the word easy because when we're kids, what does easy mean? Oh, that test was easy. I knew all the answers. I knew all the answers. Right? That's drilled into us from like the second we start taking tests. Easy doesn't look like, and we're talking about the larger universe, it doesn't look like I know all the answers. What it looks like is I know I'll be okay. I trust myself enough to navigate what comes up. Yeah, And it doesn't mean that life is without struggle when we're in alignment, right? We, yeah. need, we need struggle. We need contrast. They're amazing teachers, but we can actually navigate that contrast with ease. It doesn't have to be earth shattering. We cry on our floor. I mean, that also is beautiful too, right? I love a good cry on my floor, but not every quote unquote struggle needs to be at the intensity that it was once in the past for us. So, so, so. sense. Yeah, it does make sense. I love this. I love this whole (laughs) (laughs) We're just getting moved. I do want to pivot a little bit because um, a lot of this podcast is about travel and it's about the experiences that we have. And I feel like you are a person like myself that loves travel. And I'm just curious um, if there's a specific place in the world that has really like expanded your view or impacted you in a big spiritual way, or maybe a place you haven't been to yet that you're feeling called to um, something along those lines. Such a good question. Um, this is probably going to sound incredibly cliched because I'm sure everyone says, <clears throat> excuse me, Bali. Um, I would say that that's very much up there for me because it really is such a vortex. Um, you know, it's like kind of a, a kitschy joke that people like either go to Bali and never come back or they come back and like change their lives. Um, and that happens quite often. And it's not like it's not for no reason. It literally is. It's one of a, forgive me. I don't want to give misinformation, but it's one of maybe like six or something spiritual vortexes. Uh, there's one in Arizona, right? So it's a high concentration of energy. That's very awakening. I've been Um, to one in Arizona. Oh, I'm so jealous. I'm going to do that on my uh, road trip back to New York. You were okay, please. (laughs) And have you been through New Mexico? No, I'm so excited. Um, you have to stop through New Mexico. I'm going to tell you everywhere to go. You oh just God, I can't wait. You just have to. Okay. I'm so glad. Um, <laughs> so Bali, Bali would be that for me, but I'm not going to lie. I really, I really enjoyed being in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I had mm-hmm. a retreat there. I'm not kidding. I met every single person I met has become a friend every single person and not just like, Oh, Hey, we got a couple drinks together, which is true too. (laughs) Definitely had a couple margaritas, but 
every person I met had really was like a soul or a very divine connection. A day before I walked into this yoga studio, I was like, I really want to meet. I, re- I, I need to do a past life regression. The only other girl in the class was a hypnotherapist in the yoga class that I walked into, right? Like the universe was just like, hey, here, talk to her. I met one of my closest friends there. Like there's just, long story short, I think any place that you go where you can connect with someone, great, great. I don't, I don't care where I am. I care about like the connection and who my heart is drawn to. Yeah. I'm very fortunate in that they've been really beautiful tropical places, but yeah. I'm cool with that happening, you know, middle of Kentucky, man. I don't care where it happens. <laughs> I love it. Have you done your astro geography yet? No, I haven't. Okay, I'll, I'll send you the website. And oh my it's God, I'm so pretty excited. amazing. So it's just these different lines. Um, and it's like optimal for, for certain things. And I'll, I'll tell you a story about my one line. Uh, that I discovered I have a moon line, which is amazing for me, in Croatia, where my family is from. And when I was there this past summer, I was there for a month, and the moon line is all about relationships and deepening your relationships and all these things. And like I had so many, like, just I basically like manifested this guy um, while on that trip. And I've talked about those stories, it's really funny. I said to my friends, like, oh, I'd love to meet like a vegan sailor. That's crazy. <laughs> Which doesn't exist, literally. And the next day we're on, we're on this like boat trip with this, for this wedding that I was, um, I went to for, in Croatia and the sailor on the boat was vegan. <laughs> and I mean. <laughs> like all these things are happening there. And it was so wild. And it was just like, it was so cool to see um, the impacts of the, the astrogeography. So I'm going to, I'll send you wow. the to it. It's really, really cool. Oh, I'm so stoked. And I also yeah. want to comment on the fact that look at how quickly and easily you manifested exactly what you wanted with a thought because oh, it was in an unattached. Night. Oh, because it was a joke to me. Yeah. Literally. Thing. Yeah. It was, we had such a fun night and I was just hanging out with my friends and they're like, you should really need a Croatian guy. And I'm like, oh, I would only, if it was like a vegan sailor, I just like flippantly said it. And there he was the next morning. And all of my friends High vibration. freaking out, freaking out. Not surprised. Actually, no. fun little tidbit, or I shouldn't say fun so much as interesting, but I am in a habit of, I'm trying to break this habit because of this learning. But whenever something like really quickly manifests like that, it's like, oh, I wanted this thing. And all of a sudden it just showed up. My default phrasing is like, I can't believe that happened. That's so crazy. And if you've ever read A Course in Miracles, that's one of the first, in one of the earlier chapters, do not be in awe of miracles because to be in awe of a miracle is to be in denial of your own creation capabilities. Right. And so instead of, I can't believe that happened, which I'm so bad. I say that all the time. Yeah. It's, it's an act of shifting it to, of course that happened. Of course that happened. How, how amazing uh, is our creation ability? Right. And to literally just keep that frequency and that, that word choice super light too. I am not good at that. I will be perfectly honest. I am shifting. (laughs) (laughs) 
Something that I'm going to remember now. Of course it can manifest that. Of course. I can manifest anything. Um, So I love to end these conversations with something I like to call cosmic pings. Mm. So they're basically kind of like rapid fire questions or it can be like a, you know, a shorter thought, whatever comes to your mind with these questions that I ask you. And uh, you, I haven't given you these questions yet, so you don't know what I'm going to ask you. But oh my god, fun! <laughs> just basically whatever, like kind of like pings at you when I say these phrases. Okay, so the your favorite candle or incense scent? Sandalwood. Ooh, that's such a good one. Mm-hmm. I just ordered from Living Libations their sandalwood um, serum, like face serum. Oh. So I'm so excited to smell that. <laughs> I love an earthy grounding scent. Yeah. Um, yeah. So good. Is that because of the Virgo? I am positive that it is. I've always <laughs> loved like tobacco, pine, like anything almost honestly more masculine. If we're going to gender yeah. sense for a second is I like the earthier, more masculine sense. Yeah. I love that. Okay, your childhood celebrity crush. Oh my God, Leonardo DiCaprio. I still love him. Call me Leo. I know you only date models. I'm only 5'6". I don't care. I'll wear heels. Yes, Leo, if you're listening to this podcast. (laughs) Call me. (laughs) I'll have all her information in the show notes. My DMs are open, man. I mean, I love him too. I mean, I can't. Um, It's funny because the other day I saw on Instagram somebody posting about like, oh, remember like Casper, that movie, and everyone had a crush on the ghost of Casper? (laughs) You just took me back to a memory I forgot that I had. That's insane. Devin Sawa. (laughs) He's Canadian, by the way. Oh my God. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, I had a major crush on him. Loved Casper. Uh, loved it. Okay, so your favorite place in nature? Mm. You know, it's funny because I default to the beach um, because I've always grown up around beaches, but I really love a river. Like, I love a river bed and the stillness of it. I think because I don't get a lot of exposure to that. I just... I'm going to just say something river. I can't believe you said river because that is such a huge synchronicity and symbol for my feature film that I'm writing right now, because the main character's name is river and there's a, there's a meaning behind it. And every time, and it's kind of like become this little uh, game I have with the universe Mm -hmm. where like I'll see a street, sign and it says river street or like a song comes on and then the title has river in it and there's all these like beautiful signs so it's so just like you for saying river because (laughs) of course go work on that script I guess tonight yeah go work on it (laughs) (laughs) oh amazing so the book that impacted you the most is if I had to pick one oh god Let's just say Rise. I'll go with Rise, Sister Rise by Rebecca Campbell. Um, It was the first book that I read where I felt seen and understood on a soul level. 
Um, because as much as like a Dispenza or an Abraham or a lot of like self-helpy books are incredible, Rebecca Campbell spoke more to a part of like the divine femininity within me that I wasn't able to access because I didn't, I, I didn't know how to. And that book really started to extract that. It's a hard recommendation for me. Um, did she also write your, uh, light as a new black? Yep. Okay. I yep. have the book. Okay. He's wonderful. Oh, amazing. Such a good one. Yeah. Um, all right. The universe is abundant and beautiful and beautiful. <laughs> Love is uh, amazing. It's the best feeling. Actually, no, I'm checking my language because it's not just a feeling. It's, it's a state of being. Love is a state of being and it is amazing. I love that. Amazing. So where can everyone find you who I, I know everyone's going to like want to work with you now because you're so incredible. Uh, the way that you teach the, the way that you speak just like, uh, totally gets me like, oh, you're making me blush. You're like, <laughs> I just love that you understand the spiritual aspects, but you can come at it for, through like a scientific lens, which is so important to me. And um, there's just this like pure, beautiful authenticity and there's this, okay, this is how I'm going to describe you. Just <laughs> give me a moment. <laughs> but I was listening to a podcast and the, the woman was talking about how when your cup overflows and that overflow within the saucer, and then you can like give and give and give and like in such a beautiful, like exchange way, like you are, a cup that's overflowing with so much beauty and so much, um, just incredible, uh, vibration that you can give to people. So Thank where can you. people find you? Oh my God. Oh my, I'm like about to start crying. <laughs> people can find me, um, on Instagram, uh, anxiety to empowerment, which is like the world's longest Instagram name, but that is it. Um, yeah. Also my website, uh, I, people tend to apply for coaching through my website. It's first name, last name coaching. So Amanda Huggins coaching.com. Um, and my, my DMS are always open. I, I always say this on any podcast or conversation I have is like, just don't be shy. You know, I, I think yeah. that the time of being shy, the time of like, thinking that we don't deserve the help or the guidance or we're afraid to ask, that time's done. We're not in that time anymore. The yeah. world, has, literally look around, the world is shifting. It's like, vent, share. I, yeah. I'm so open. I have space to hold. Um, so just know that I'm here as a resource. I love that. Thank you so much for Thank coming. Thank you so much for having me. So beautiful. <laughs>